0: Welcome back to RyeCast. I'm at the Telling Green Community Centre. I was last here for the town meeting a few weeks back in the big Echoey hall with the parquet flooring over there. But this time I'm walking down the hall to the smaller rooms at the back for a Song Maps Rye meeting. Song Maps? Well, all will become clear. It's an arts project about how Rye is being affected by climate change. There's around 30 locals and half a dozen artists here. And today's RyeCast is all about what they hope to achieve together with Song Maps Rye. Let's find out more. I've been involved in a few arts projects in the past and mostly you kind of know what's going to happen. Everyone learns how to sing something or to play a musical instrument or to create a huge piece of public art. It's pretty clear from the outset what's going to happen. This one though, it's a bit different. Today's the first in a series of workshops for locals and artists to find out more from an expert about how the environment is changing and that'll start the creative process. Dominique Gendre is here, she's the creative director. Good to see you Dominique. We should probably start by explaining what is a song map? So a song map is a chart
1: of what is happening in terms of climatic changes in Rye. That map points out where changes are happening, where they're occurring, which people are key people to keep an eye on for help, for advice, for guidance. It's also a chart of how people are reacting. And the song maps are made from a combination of poetry, music, sound, and also visual art. That's what a song map is.
0: It's exciting, but we don't really know what's going to come out of this process, do we?
1: That's exactly the whole point of this process. Every single point of the process becomes a real sort of surprise and a real a journey of exploration because, for example, the fact that we have organised the workshops into talks and then responses to the talks that get expressed through literally poetry, visual art and sound or music exercises that happen in groups of people who have never worked before, apart from a few families, actually don't really know each other. But suddenly they find themselves in a group and they're being asked to think individually and then to put those individual thoughts together. Something absolutely magic happens that surprises everybody. And that's the beauty. So it's like you're constantly on a journey of discovery, not just from learning the facts, but discovering what you as an individual can do and discovering also how the people around you think and how you can bounce off of each other. So I think, yeah, that's what we love about it.
0: (laughs) What do you hope to achieve? What do you want to hear, see? I
1: want to hear people's imaginations I want to see people get excited by discovering this process and also discovering all the many different things that we can do, even with little bits of learning. I want to see people become fired up with a desire to know more, to work together more, and to try and harness other people around them to work in this way collectively so that everybody develops the sort of the agency to question, to ask the questions that are vital for us to get through this immense period of change that is facing all of us.
0: Tell us about you. You're new to Rye. You brought a whole load of artists down here who are also new to Rye. Mm-hmm. Why Rye? Why have you come here?
1: Well, I came here really sort of guided by the chair of my charity, Susan Ben, who lives here in Rye. And Susan herself is a very curious, very active person. So as soon as she sees something that kind of sparks her interest she goes to find out what is that about what else is going on who's involved and why aren't other people involved so it comes out of her curiosity and her sort of urging us to get involved in right because we did a similar type project in northumberland in berwick upon tweed which wasn't about climate change it was about music heritage exploring a whole aspect of barracks music heritage and Susan felt that we could do a similar type project but really focus it on how coastal communities are dealing with what's affecting everybody
0: are you excited?
1: Hugely. There's always a moment of fear and anticipation before each workshop and then when you're sitting actually in the workshop and you're seeing how people are reacting and then you do exercises and you hear what comes out of the exercise you kind of go oh my god. God, this is amazing, you know. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, really.
0: <laughs> it's a very different way of working. You tend to assume that artists create something quite by themselves. Yeah, When you're composing something, when you're writing something, you're doing it by yourself. But this is being informed by lots of people in Rye, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes. I mean, that's absolutely the methodology, if you want, of this process. It is a very different process with a very different goal, and very different, I suppose, I don't like to say outcomes, but it's a very different ethos. It's about, it really, I am personally very curious and interested in collective creativity. It's part of my culture growing up in Trinidad, and not just because it comes from carnival, but that is, that's just the way people, we, we create things collectively. And... What I'm most interested in where collective creativity is concerned is about the power and the impact that it has on groups of people because suddenly people don't feel isolated and people discover something very new about themselves and I love that energy that it releases. That's why I love working in that way and this group of artists that we have working with us, they also have that kind of curiosity and desire to work in that way.
0: So we're building up to something big in July. Can we expect a carnival?
1: Not quite. (laughs) Maybe ultimately it might lead to a series of rye-identified carnivals, you know, things that celebrate rye. Because I think the thing also about this project is that we want to use it as a way for businesses, local industry, local people, at every level to feel that there is something in it for them and it's about questioning, it's about finding out what more needs to be done, what hasn't been done, what's being conveniently ignored but also celebrating what is here and encouraging and supporting each other towards the big changes that we know have to happen because that's only going to happen if you know if people feel that they're being attacked they'll just put up fences and barriers. So. If we know that we're all being supported to make the changes that need to happen, then we'll do it. It's much easier to get change that way, I think.
2: And then at some point, potentially with a storm.
0: Today's guest speaker is Andy Dinsdale from Strandliners. He's just getting ready for his talk on how he sees climate changing around here. Of course, he sees it up close as his volunteers collect rubbish from all over the world along our coastline. Spoken word poet Francesca Beard is with me. You're really looking forward to this, aren't you?
3: It promises to be really interesting and engaging and possibly anger-making. It's about the pollution and the rubbish that washes up from the oceans on the shores. And then we're going to work with the people who are in the room and set some creative prompts to collect responses from the talk. This is in the first stage of a process which hopefully will culminate in something glorious and participatory and public-facing and international centred on Rye. We don't know what it is yet, so we've got a variety of art forms and um, we're reaching out to a really interesting community in Rye. Rye is a community made of different communities And some of them don't connect, so I think one of the things that I hope we might be able to do is to start conversations between different communities. When I've worked as an artist, when I've been privileged enough to work as an artist on community projects, I think the first thing is to understand that it's a skill exchange. I work with spoken word, and I also work with in theatre. So I have that skill set, and what I hope to do is to connect with people who have a lot of specific local expertise, scientific expertise, uh, cultural expertise, knowledge from experience, and together make something um, about Rye and about the, the future, present, and past of Rye.
0: Can you already hear something in your head, some spoken word already happening? Honestly,
3: no. I think that for me, there is something in my head, which is I imagine that we will make something together which might involve people who are involved in the process performing it and sharing it. So in my experience, if you ask me to perform something which um, someone else has made... I'm not as good as if you asked me to share something that I have made and that I really believe in and that I feel like, even though I might feel shy or inexperienced, I really want to share. So my expectation is that what will be shared is what comes out of the process rather than what might be in my head. It's a difficult and unusual way of working. If you're just working off what's in your head, then it's the process of trying to excavate it. Whereas if you're working on... You know, what happens between people in a room and trying to shape that and see what it wants to be and shape that energy and make that beautiful and shareable. That is much more interesting. And I think because it's more interesting, it's easier.
2: Andy's just finished the talk. That went down really well. Is that what normally happens? It is really, yes. It's, It's quite fascinating that I've been doing what I've been doing for a very long time. And then when I get it out there... I see people go, oh, wow. And it is fantastic to actually have this information from my own experience of what I've been doing and then just take it further. Tell me more about
0: Strandliners. What's it
2: about? Strandliners is a community interest company. It's set up five years ago, but we've been doing it really for about 17, 18 years. We go out, we look for environmental plastic pollution, we identify it and record it. It was a fascinating talk, and
0: what struck me was how you linked the local area to the rest of the world with the lobster ties that came from Newfoundland, or the bits and
2: pieces that floated up from the Caribbean. A real sense of this being a global problem. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It all started from a very lucky find way back in 2004. I was on a community walk for a local environmental group at Pet Level, And someone found a drift seed, a sea bean, that after a bit of research we discovered had come all the way from tropical America. It was very rare. I went out for the next day, week, month, year. After 10 years, I found another one. It's that rare. But in the meantime, I'd found so much plastic stuff there. And I was beginning to find words on them that you could identify where this plastic pollution had come from. And a lot of it had come from the Eastern Seaboard of the USA. You're really
0: passionate about this. Where does the passion come from? Why are you so energised with all this?
2: I don't know. (laughs) I love the environment. I don't want to see it get trashed. It seems that it is being trashed from all sides. And I thought at the beginning I couldn't really stop anything that was happening out there. So I got involved with the Marine Conservation Society and other organisations that got you to have a little bit of a different look at the environment and the plastic pollution.
0: Is it getting better? Is it getting worse?
2: I believe it's getting worse. Lots of people will say, they'll come to the beach and they'll go, oh, but it looks so much cleaner. It was. Even the Marine Conservation Society's data, when they do these surveys and recording for the plastic pollution, will show that there is less plastic being recorded on their beach surveys. But I know... That has only reduced since the David Attenborough shows of the Blue Planet uh, back in 2017. And what's happening is that more and more people are brilliantly more aware. And when they're more aware, they come to the beach. They don't want to see it on the beach. So they pick it up and they put it in a bin, which is absolutely brilliant. It's great for wildlife. It's great for the economy. Tourists come along to the beach and they see a clean beach. It's brilliant. But what's happening is that that stuff that's being put in the bins is not recorded. So when we do the surveys and the recordings, less is found. But in reality, there's still a whole lot out there. Looking forward to
0: covering one of your events fairly soon. Thanks for a great talk, Andy. Well, the 30 or so locals are now starting to work with the artists to discuss what they heard and start creating something. Most of the artists are from London, but Morgan here isn't.
4: Hello, I'm Morgan, and I'm a writer and eco-poet and I'm based in Rye Harbour. I also do a lot of workshops, creative writing workshops, poetry workshops, meditation workshops. I got involved with the project after meeting Dominique, and I thought it sounded really exciting to have an opportunity to give people in Rye a voice to talk about climate change, changing tidelines, changing coastlines, and the things that might worry them, and also opportunities to think of maybe optimistic ways of dealing with this rather than just feeling overwhelmed with anxiety. I actually live right on the coast at Rye Harbour, so climate change is an issue for us down there. You know, we're very aware of the rising tide. About ten years ago, a big flood defence was built at Rye Harbour, and I think at the time they said, well, it's very unlikely to be overtopped in 100 years. This is our prediction. I think, unofficially, that prediction has already been altered to maybe 50 years and it might come down again and we were all made very aware of the tide about 10 years ago when there was a storm surge one december and the part of the village and the reserve that was outside the flood defense flooded so there was a little cafe and the rnli and various buildings that were outside that flood defense were flooded up to about halfway so it was a significant flood on the reserve We had, at the time, a warden living in a little cottage there. That was completely flooded. He had to evacuate, he couldn't stay there. And the Environment Agency road, which they used to get down to the beach, a huge section of that was just washed away in minutes. And it was quite unsettling to come down the following day when the flood had gone down again. And to see that concrete road with tarmac on it just flipped out of the way like carpet tiles. It was the power of the sea, so it made you very aware, very, very aware.
0: This is an arts project. What do you hope you can bring to it?
4: Well, I hope it will give people a voice. I mean, that's what I'm interested in, hearing other people's views and transforming that in a creative way, in an artistic way, into something that is meaningful and something that we can share. But I think it's about giving voice to people who live here and hearing what they're worried about.
0: I'm hoping to get involved in Song Maps Right at some point, hopefully recording some audio, which I can then work with an artist to create something as part of the July event. Antonia Tade uses sound a lot in her work. Antonia, I've been listening to some of your work with Radio France. I really love the way that you use audio and music together.
5: Well, I have been inventing a way of using radio upside down, I may say, (laughs) uh, because I use radio as a soundtrack for performance, which are done in public space. So then I give uh, radio devices to the audience so they, that they can hear the soundtrack of what is just before them, but also anyone in the city, in its car, in its kitchen, can also hear what is happening in, in outside.
0: And how do you bring that to the environmental story of Rye? Because that's the key part of this, telling the story of climate change.
5: Well, the the thing is, this is a musical project, Dominique Legendre, the artistic director of the project, she's a composer, and uh, because there are various pieces of understanding that we want to get, so some are very informative through People that scientists or various experts, like the trawling liners or the fishermen, some bits would be very informative, but we also want to have a poetic and and musical, you know, perception of it. So radio is just perfect to combine those two, you know.
0: And you've come over specifically from Paris to do this.
5: Yes, I came specifically uh, on the invitation of Dominique Legendre to be the dramaturg of the project.
0: Because here in Rye, we're closer to France than we are to London.
5: Yes, well, I, I, I'm very sorry that uh, there is uh, this problem now with the train, so that you have to go through London, but, uh, you know, it's, it would be really lovely to make it more connected. Maybe because the train is working so bad, maybe the, the ferries would go better, I wish, because I love to take the, the ferry. <laughs>
0: Plenty of locals here, all ages, one of Rye's teachers is here. Julie Willits, wife. have you got involved in Song Maps Rye?
6: Um, I'm just really interested in finding out what I can do and in my role as a teacher as well, how I can get our students involved in learning about the environment and learning about what they can do personally to make a difference. There is a lot of uncertainty as to exactly what it's going to look like, um, but that's also part of the excitement, isn't it? Because it's being, it's being a part of the process, I think, that is really interesting.
0: Morgan's group are just finishing the first poem. They've been playing with words for the last half hour or so. let have a listen. Bobber.
4: Citizens,
1: grey, shifting,
4: hopefully,
6: clobber, in a bin, sluggishly,
0: mm-hmm. spoiled, lobby, oh, coal bales. Mo Langmuir is another one of the artists. You bring real science to this yes. project, don't you?
6: Kind of. I think I've I've gone more down the angle of Andy Dinsdale, so working with citizen science, and yeah, working with communities who collect information and knowledge, and also knowing that science is one way of knowing.
0: What do you want to get out of this?
6: I'm really here to listen and learn at the moment. So I've been to Rye before and I did a residency here with Climate Art. I learned a lot about Rye and the relationship to the sea and climate change there. But yeah, I'm looking to get deeper.
0: What sort of things did you find out?
6: Just that it has a very unique relationship to the sea because the sea retreated in the 1200s in this great storm. There was another great storm in the 80s um, where there's still a lot of fallen wood and and kind of remnants in in people's memory of that. And then now we have this new relationship with the sea and the tides, that it's coming towards us and coming in. And, yeah, just the the fact that that history is here.
0: It's a really creative town with lots of creative people. Do you bring that outside of you, do you think?
6: What I try to do is is really just listen, yeah, and not bring any assumptions of, what I think the project should look like or end up being and really absorbing the place and, what, and and people's stories and own experience of the place and trying to bring that into the project. Not being from Rye allows you to do is to be maybe better at listening because you don't have your own... Um, no preconceived
0: views about the town.
6: Exactly, yeah.
0: So that's Song Rye. There are more workshops and meetings over the coming weeks as the locals and the artists come together to create something special for our town, probably in July. I'll make another podcast about that when it happens. I'll put a link on the webpage to tell you more about Song Maps Rye. It's ryecast.org. And there's more from Ryecast soon. Goodbye.